there's a difference between good and great and that lives in the details. And you know, my first sort of test, if you will, was actually working with Rosa Parks' family. A month before Dr. King's uh, celebration, there was the threat that we would not honor his memory. And I ran into a friend at a party and I said, not over my dead body, <laughs> not over my dead body. And literally we worked day and night to try to figure this out. And eventually somehow we got to a cousin of Rosa Parks and who agreed to come on campus for free. And, and, and then still people said, okay, that's cute, but we still have no money to give you. And then all of a sudden we somehow managed to convince the city of Manchester, New Hampshire to give us a free bus from the 1960s. Welcome to a special Alan Gray Orbis Foundation podcast, our Gray Matter Conversations. This Intrafluent series is designed to bring you into the hearts and minds of leading voices in our entrepreneurship ecosystem, from investors to education partners to fellows and, of course, the entrepreneurs themselves. Hi, I'm Timothy Maurice Webster, a behavioral psychology author researching human behavioral patterns, and I've partnered with the foundation to bring you insights through digital platforms to help advance our collective goals of understanding how to support, develop, and ensure entrepreneurs make the most positive impact in our communities and country. The following series is inspired by the foundation's pioneering philosophy of Intrafluence, or the idea that the most effective leaders and entrepreneurs develop and harness their internal values and become selfless in their pursuit of influencing the society in a way that's about much more than their personal gain, but about the collective societal good. Before we hear from Okendo Lewis Gale, our Intrafluencer for today, let's hear from the Foundation's Head of Public Affairs and Communications, Nantando Mtetua about why this Intrafluence series means so much. Hi, Natando, how are you? I'm good, Timothy, how are you? I'm great, we're really excited about this Intrafluence series. Why does it matter so much to you guys as leadership at the foundation? For me as the leaders at the foundation, I'm very excited to bring this Intrafluence series. And the reason that it matters um, to us is that in our journey of nurturing high impact and responsible entrepreneurs, we really are working towards instilling a movement of entrepreneurs that recognize that their impact is not only limited to their domain and that they have a role to play in really shifting society and making sure that entrepreneurship can be used as a platform to add value to society. We also really want to start seeing a type of entrepreneur that is relentless and persevering in helping to create an inclusive economy. And I think a lot of us would agree with um, the opportunity of entrepreneurs helping to create an inclusive economy in the context of South Africa, where a lot of inequalities exist and certain sectors of society have not had the opportunity to participate in the economy. And lastly, just, you know, really working towards nurturing a type of entrepreneur that have foresight and sheer determination to make this world that is far better than it currently is now. What we like about presenting this conversation in a series format is much like Netflix, people can gray matter and chill. Thank you so much, Natando. Thank you. Now, it's time to chat to Akendo founder of the Harambe Entrepreneur Alliance, an alliance dedicated to supporting the visionaries 
and innovators of Africa. You're gonna like this episode. Enjoy. Okindo, Lewis Gale, welcome to the Alan Gray Orbis Foundation podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting us, mm-hmm. actually. Mm. <laughs> I want to go back a bit. You know, mm. there is no one who has been able to sort of make an impact that you've made mm. that does not have an extraordinary story. Mm. Take us back. Mm. Take us back behind the scenes, mm. behind mm. the curtains mm. of you mm. as a young boy. Mm. Where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, take us a little back. Thank you, Tim. That's a wonderful question. I actually wrote a book about Harambians, and I have to go behind the curtains of all the different Harambians, and you always see the roots as you peel the layers. And so I appreciate the question because I know that's that's where there's, it's very telling. I think someone said, "To know where you're going, you must know where you came from." And for me, what I guess looking back makes we have to reflect on is I was born in Costa Rica. I like to joke I'm one of those folks that got kicked out of the continent 400 years ago and somehow I found my way back but I was born in Costa Rica grew up in Italy uh, and educated both in the U.S. and China and as it turns out my mother um, who went to Italy uh, to pursue her career in music and is now a famous singer. So all the Italians know my mother, know her song. She sings these summer songs that are very festive and have a dance and so when you just mention my mother's name to an Italian and the pom-pom people just light up and they think of their childhood memories and it's just it's always been magical to me how she could concoct this song and the dance and with the thing with these dances you never know if they're quite right but you eventually have to settle for something and then Timothy was always like magic when you know fast forward two or three months later after we'd come up with the dance we would go in the middle of nowhere in Sicily and there was grandma and the granddaughter who had now taken full possession and ownership and this was not about us anymore it was about them and and for me that always felt like magic and and really in a sense my mother is such a but then because I grew up in Italy I went to I had a classical education and so you're talking to someone who spent five years of my life studying Latin and Greek reading Plato Aristotle in original language and seeing the power of ideas and how they can transform our world. And so, I, for me, in a sense, it's, you know, you know, I was even reflecting today something as basic as the aprons. I had a professor in the classical school who would spend hours upon hours talking about a painting. And he would stand there and would tell us every single detail of that. And somehow, I guess, that somehow rubs off onto you. And now that's what I'm always looking for. And so, you know, I think we all are confluence, uh, you know, the tributaries that pull into us. And I, I've been very fortunate. I think I've had a great many of them. So, um, so yeah, but, but I think it's, it's, it's been an extraordinary journey. I think the influence of my mother has been tremendous. You know, one, one of the things, the first thing I picked up when I met you was mm-hmm. there's a sense of, there is a sense of magic and creativity wow. Wow. that exudes around. It's like a cloud around wow. the rigor mm. of your ideas. Mm. So if you, you can mm. imagine mm. like the deep discipline mm. that it takes to create artwork. Mm. Like no one ever talks about that. Part. Yeah, yeah. You see the kind of you yes. feel it through yes. the sensory, yes. your senses, you feel it. Correct. But the first thing that came wow. was rigor and magic. Wow. And I 
think hmm. that from my experience, my short experience with Harambians, yeah. is that that kind yes. of juxtaposition yes. and duality is special. Yes. When when you go about building relationships, hmm. and, and that's the second thing that's come across very strong, is the magic in relationships, mm. but also the rigor. Mm. It's like if I, everyone mm. I've talked to feels like there is, oh, wow. there is discipline, there's beauty oh. and discipline in oh. serving. Oh. And wow. I, you know, it's the first time, I mean, I, wow. you know, I've been, I've, been, I've been very fortunate to be able to wow. work in around spaces like this a lot, but this is the first time. Wow. Is this something that you oh, meditate on? Is this something, or is it just authentically you? Is this something that just, you know, hmm. it can't be easy hmm. because you 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 are dealing with you're you're trying to solve complex challenges hmm. and so forth. How do you stay up hmm. and keep this kind of rigor discipline dance? Oh my goodness. I have to say, I think, again, going back to who we are and how that shapes us and the things around well, us. The devil and angels live I in I think details. it's by osmosis, right? If you grew up in the town, you're, you're reading Dante. You just pick it up and you just know the that. description. You know, you know, and, and, and there's, the there's a difference between poetry and great and that. And you see that. And that's little things, you know. I, 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 like the apron to death, right? It was just, it was just something that... I. I didn't even fully realize it, but I guess people really appreciated that. Oh well, someone had thought about this, and and in a way, I think that's I think what Italians tend to do a lot is they spend a lot of time focusing on that the, the beauty. And so, if you grew up in that peninsula, and if you have a mother who has had such an Im impact in helping, you know, make that peninsula a little better. I think you have no choice. This is just, and again, you, I literally spent five years studying the history of ideas in Western civilization and seeing how they have transformed not just Europe but the world. And, 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 and so that exposure, invariably, uh, even if you don't know, you just sort of you start developing an intuition. And then you, begin, you, then you marry that intuition with trials and tests. And then you see them work, and you're like, hmm, hmm, really works. And they're like, hmm, let me do it again. And, you know, my first sort of test, if you will, was actually working with Rosa Parks' family. Because after she had passed away, we created one of the first endowed scholarships in the United States at our kind of university in New Hampshire. And, and I'll never forget that, you know, it was a bit of a challenge because they were trying to organize, the university was trying to organize an event for Martin Luther King. But unfortunately, they couldn't get the money or everything in place and so a month before Dr. King's uh, celebration there was the threat that we would not honor his memory and I ran into a friend at a party and I said not over my dead body <laughs> not over my dead body and literally we worked day and night to try to figure this out and eventually somehow we got it to a cousin of Rosa Parks who agreed to come on campus for free and, and and then still people said, okay, that's cute, but we still have no money to give you. And then all of a sudden, we somehow managed to convince the city of Manchester, New Hampshire, to give us a free bus from the 1960s. And they agreed to put in a driver. And then we put flowers on the front seat and had the camp bus driving around. And all of a sudden, it was like the Rosa Parks bug had taken over. Literally, people who were telling us that they had no money, <laughs> sometimes in the same email, would tell us, why aren't you taking our money? And, and then Timothy, we walked into this arena 
or the day of the event, being filled with students and busloads from local high schools. And there was a portrait of Rosa Parks. And it felt like magic because they told us that it would never happen. And there it was. And we were so shocked by seeing what was just an idea in our heads actually there that we had to sit down to just stare at that picture and Rosa. And then what made that event for me, I mean, really so special, Timothy, is at the end of that event, there came a gentleman from Jamaica who was in the soccer team. And he was in tears. He was in tears because he said, he was so touched and moved by, by that. And, uh, and that's when it becomes addictive, you see. Mm. Because once you realize that we all have the opportunity, all of us, in small and big ways, to, to make our world a little better, yeah. then you want more. Mm. Mm. And <laughs> I think that more is what really gets you going, right? Yeah. Because none of us are born with this. I think yeah. all of us just sort of like, you know, Michelangelo would just see a piece of Carrara marble. Mm. And he would imagine a statue in there. Mm. And all of us have that capacity. It's not like he was born with it, but he refined it over time. And I think what you're seeing here, I like to joke, it's, it's an overnight success that took 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're seeing yeah. craftsmanship at work. Wow. I, you know, for me, mm. I think one of the greatest injustices that mm. happened to this continent was the suppression of the magic. Mm like the force sort of systemic oppression of magic. Mm. Would you say that if we look forward in 2040, that one of mm. your biggest goals and vision is help to bring alive oh, gosh. the oh. magic, oh, Lord. the romance, oh, wow. the art. Wow. And if entrepreneurs yes. can be a part of developing that, yes. is that one of your legacy goals? Oh, wow. I have never had anyone put it that way, but I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree because you know um, this is not that complicated we've had in the history of humanity challenges far greater than this we are sitting in the richest continent on earth yet home to some of the poorest people on the planet we can absolutely change this and all it requires is for us to believe in ourselves and for us to have that ingenuity and creativity that comes natural to us and if we can be a vehicle to help remind us of that, help channel that energy, and to give us confidence in it, then by goodness, yes, please sign me up. Um, I, I don't, uh, and what I love about this, uh, Timothy, is <laughs> in a way I always like to think that we're not doing anything special. <laughs> you know, you know, we even made up a word, Harambians. You know, there's no such a thing. It's Harambe, and then we say, okay, Harambians. And in a way, we just label a sentiment, a shared sentiment. Wow. I think someone had to go to Paris to hear from Africans studying there who gave me one of the best descriptions of Harambians. They said, so being a Harambian is a state of mind, and a state of mind is there. We've just, I think we just branded it. <laughs> We just given a name and said this is it and let's go and I think that's why even people who don't necessarily know what this is can identify with it and I think um, if, if we can serve as a way to remind us of that because confidence of that and as Lord Hastings says ensure that we do not fall victims to the cynicism of pessimism and my, then as Dr. King said then my living will not be in vain <laughs>
Akendo. Thank you so much Thank for the magic, sir. my friend. Oh my goodness, God bless you, sir. Thank you for Thank the you magic. So much. A huge thanks to Akendo and the journey and commitment you're making to making a difference and driving Intrafluence. Please share this episode with someone interested in strengthening and supporting our entrepreneurship ecosystem. Until next time.